Greetings and welcome to the Business of Agriculture. It's a podcast, as you well know, where I'm your host, Damian Mason, talking to you, and we get together here every week to discuss issues impacting the industry of food, fuel, fiber, and farming. It's the Business of Agriculture. Got a fun guest today. I've known this guy for a long time. In fact, he was a former client of mine, and now he goes around and helps banks, bankers, and even people like you involved in the Business of Agriculture do better with their banking relationship. His name is John Blanchfield. He was a banker. He worked for the United States Department of Agriculture, and he was the uh, an administrator with the American Bankers Association. So I bumped into him on the road, and I thought, you know what, you've got a good story. We're going to talk about the state of agricultural finance. We're going to talk about where things are right now for producers, as well as uh, people that feed and and uh, and supply to the agricultural industry. He's going to give you strategies you can use on uh, how to survive or even thrive right now, because we always hear about how bad things are in agriculture. He's going to tell you why it's not so bad and what you can do about it. John Blanchfield, welcome to the Business of Agriculture. Thanks very much, Damien. Okay, so you talked about, first off, 2019 looked like it was going to be a, 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 a disaster, a train wreck, yeah. and it wasn't. So yeah. tell me about that, and then also, am I right in saying that you're going to help our listeners that no matter what they do within the business of our culture, but especially for producers, you're going to give them ideas and insights and methods that they can use to get through things and also deal with their banker, because a lot of folks are going through that. Yeah. No. Oh, absolutely. And the thing the thing I want producers to understand is it's not all numbers. A lot of people think their relationship with their bankers based strictly on ratios and that sort of thing. And, and don't get me wrong. A lot of it is. But a lot of it is basic human relationships. And I think if people understood that better, they'd have more success uh, dealing with their banker. Yeah, they would. And it does come down to relationships. We know that. And uh, if you if you have a community banker, if you have a person that you're dealing with versus going online, that's what the, they always pitch that. It's about the personal touch. Well, then by golly, let's capitalize on that. So before we get into that, uh, you had a big point that you made earlier that 2019 looked like it's going to be a bloodbath. It's not. Why? Well, first, let me say bloodbath. Uh, it's still not great. And that's what I told the audience today. It's still not as good as it as as it was. However, there were quite a few things, or there are quite a few things that are mitigating uh, some of the problems in our farm economy. Unfortunately, all of these have, have everything to do with government policy and financial policy, not production uh, and trade and that sort of thing. So, you know, people need to understand we're looking at some of the lowest interest rates in our history. Yeah, and they just came down here last week. So we were sitting on a situation where uh, back in the spring or even late winter, we anticipated that there's going to be a bump up in interest rates. And I was thinking, hey, man, I'm sure glad I've got some uh, some low interest money because this is probably where it's all going to start to change. And then since you and I are both old enough to remember the 1980s, I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is really going to be bad because now it's the old thing of the agricultural economy stubs its toe, then the bigger economy stubs its toe, and at the same time, we've got escalating interest rates. So I wonder if that's what we're going to get into, and now, no, we just came yeah, down. We're looking at, a, I think, an extended period of ultra-low interest rates. And so if you're a borrower, or if you're contemplating borrowing, this is the time to be talking to your banker about locking in some interest rates. Now, 
It also doesn't mean that money's on sale and that you should go out and borrow big piles of it. I thought it. you were going to say, wait a minute, if we can get 35 to 4% money, by God, let's go out here and just borrow to the hill. Let's just leverage ourselves to our eyeballs. No, that's not what I'm saying, and most bankers wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't say that either. You know, agriculture has its own set of problems, but the, the good news, if there's good news, is that high interest rates do not appear to be one of those problems at this point in time. Um, the other thing is, and, and, and if you're a farmer and you're looking at zero crop this year because of flooding, um, you know, there's a very good chance that, that you're receiving a, a crop insurance payment. Uh, this year, I think we're going to be seeing a record federal crop insurance uh, payout. Yeah, and well, I, and when that long ago, you didn't get a crop, you lost your farm. Yeah, and I know that that uh, there's some folks, and they say, "Hey, well, you know, you've got your place cash rented. You're not out here. You're not. Your ass isn't on the line, Damien." Because I've pointed out, I said, "Hey, things aren't shiny, but they also are more shiny than what we thought things were going to shape up like." I said, "If you throw you throw low interest in there, and you throw some crop insurance, at least if you can get back to break even." Then I had some producers tell me, "Well, crop insurance doesn't break you even." I said, "Okay, well, again, it brings you a lot closer to breaking even than." And the old days when you would just be sitting on idle ground. Lost everything. And then you brought up another point, as you called it, sunny money. Well, sunny money part two, (laughs) which which your listeners will know that it's MFP2, Market Facilitation Program 2, more popularly known as sunny money, uh, named in honor of the uh, current Secretary of Ag. Um, That's going to pay out a over $11 billion this year, this calendar year. Yeah, now, the thing is, they announced $16 billion, but you don't think all $16 billion gets rolled out in this calendar year? No, just that's because right. of the program that's stipulations? Right. That's right. Okay. But remember, Sunny Money 1 is paying out about 5 to six billion yeah. this calendar Sunny Money year. One was announced in September of last year, September of 2018, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. September 2018, I went to the local uh, informational session that was put on by my Farm Service Agency office because I figure I should keep up with this because I have to do this service to my uh, my audience. And they announced 12 billion. And then they announced the payments. It was a dollar sixty-two per bushel of soybeans, and then it was only like four cents on corn, which was a pittance. And then, of course, the poor dairy farmers. I know they got uh, it was a certain amount of money, but only up until like basically, if you milked a hundred cows, you were good. But if you milked five hundred cows or a thousand cows, you were screwed. So I remember that. But you're saying only half of that came out last year. Uh, yeah, the first. Uh, tranche of that got paid uh, the first section okay, of that got the, paid. the second half basically then rolled out in the beginning of 2019 that is correct so in 2019 you've got the last part of sunny money one and the first part of sunny money two so that's going to amount to a total in 20 calendar year 2019 because most of these folks that we're talking about most everybody's doing cash accounting let's say so if they do cash accounting 17 billion dollars yes got thrown at the sector of agriculture in the year that matters this one being 2019 that's correct and that's just the that program Don't forget, also, there were payments that came to people as a result of the farm bill. And for dairy producers, the Dairy Margin Protection Program, which I can never remember what the new name is, (laughs) they received payments this year. And I'm not saying payments are going to make the difference, but payments are a lot better than a stick in the eye. 
And that's the important thing, I think, that, you know, the, the government, the federal government has understood that this sector is having problems. And instead of standing around debating what should we do, what should we do, uh, they seem to have opened up the, uh, the wallet and are letting some money out, which to me, as a banker, a former banker, that's the right thing to do. You said, John Blanchfield, there was another thing that you thought would maybe sweeten the pot, uh, meaning make at least 2019 not uh, a disaster, and that is disaster payments. Now, with with government backing crop insurance, and then when also they're throwing what they're calling trade aid, and I've argued that it's not just because of trade. These market prices would be bad even if we still had trade because there's a glut of product on the market. Will there still be disaster payments? There's going to be payments uh, to uh, repair property that's been damaged by the flooding there was if i'm if i'm remembering this correctly there's about a four billion dollar package approved by congress signed by the president uh, earlier this summer you think that mostly will go to the nebraska iowa missouri kansas the parts texas, that, uh, texas that texas. got really really co-opted a little bit of south dakota yeah okay. uh, eastern south dakota is going to get a pretty okay. good payment so there's disaster payments and there's all that so all said then if there's four billion from that and there's the 11 billion from the new sunny money and then there's five to six you're talking about 20 plus billion dollars being thrown at agriculture in the year 2019 in in so-called direct payments and again uh, uh, we should also consider that there's going to be a record crop insurance payout this year right so and then there's another aspect that i said way back uh two months ago uh, back in june i said hey with uh, all these weather problems there's going to be a rally in prices and i bet you there's going to be a chance for people to sell existing stuff that they still have in storage that was unpriced and then priced some new stuff. And I was probably right in that there was going to be the opportunity, and there was. Here we are recording this at the end of August and pricing, or mid-late August, and our pricing uh, uh, fizzled after the whole report. But there was a real good opportunity. You mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they have all these shiny bins out here in South Dakota. They're full of crops. And I thought... I thought that there would be a massive selling once prices got decent. And so, do you think that too many people just hung on for the greed and said, "Wait a minute, they're going to see, you're going to see a lot higher prices"? Or do you think that uh, what's I, the word? I think the idea was that there will be higher prices, and I think that that's been to the detriment of, of those folks. There were some real pricing opportunities that were missed. Yes, there were. Okay, so 2019 isn't going to be as bad, and you're a banker, and we promised our listeners as an ag banker that now is an ag banking consultant, and uh, what else do you want to call you? An ag banking consultant. You work with ag bankers and well as associations of bankers, and tell right. them, hey, here's what you need to be doing. Well, what do the banks need to be doing, but also what do the customers of these banks need to be doing? Yeah, I think that's the, well, I don't think, that's the root of, of what I try to tell tell audiences. And for producers, I tell them, look, your banker has many opportunities to lend money to many people. And so you have to think about uh, your borrowing money as a competitive uh, deal. And you're competing with other producers. So you have to provide the best uh, risk profile, if you will, uh, to that banker in order to get financed. So simple things. For example, uh, when the bankers on your farm don't berate your employees. 
<laughs> right. Right? Yeah, look like look like a business and look like the kind of business that he does business or she does business with. Have a little strategic uh, meeting with your employees and your family members uh, before the banker comes out and says, look, we need to look like we've got it together here. We, we need to we need to look like we are a functioning unit. Got it. So, yeah, I agree with that. that so if you're if you're a, a, in a production agriculture, look like a business, because after yes. all, the banker uh, that you're dealing with is actually looking at you as somebody that uh, they've unfortunately they've got to judge you and decide, yeah. hey, wait, can we continue to stay with this operator? That that's exactly that's exactly the point I like to make. I mean, um, I, I tell farmer audiences, hide the toys. No, there's there's a lot. <laughs> you know, if you've got um, a pulling tractor or you, know, you, you just name whatever it is, put it around back. <laughs> you don't have to have it all sitting out front. Well, of course, those are all write-offs, though, right? I mean, the the tractor, yeah. the the pulling tractor, the RV, the, the bass boat, the bass boat. Bass those boat are all farm expenditures yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, ground the drones for a day it's just that's what you know again you have to think about it in terms of now again if you have terrible numbers they're not going to overcome terrible numbers right. but if you're in the environment that we're all in right now where the bankers are nervous and customers are nervous you know anything you can do to lighten that that uh, load of uncertainty that's to your advantage. This isn't and mow the lawn. How hard is that? These aren't things that cost a lot of money. Yeah, you're but talking about perception. You're talking about perception That's and right. imagery because we all, after all, as I always point out, we all work for others. And, and you know, right. ag people love to pretend they're just so so ruggedly independent. They don't work for anybody. They don't answer to nobody right. by God. And the reality is that's not true. We all work with and for and alongside other people. And it's important right. to, uh, you're talking about imagery and perception. Yeah. You, know, you talked about something there. You said um, about things are bad and, and you opened by talking about how things aren't as bad. Right. I've always said that ag people run for the exit screaming fire faster than other industries. And I don't mean this in any bad way to any of my member. I'm a farm boy and I'm a farm owner and I'm a farm guy and I file a schedule F just like everybody else, except for mine looks a little different because I rent out most of my ground. But... I understand because we're a conservative types and sometimes even cheap types. And is there the is there the reality because I see it that we run for the exit scream and fire faster than other industries, or is that just my take? No, I, I think you're I think you're on to something. I mean, but keep in mind that the that the c cash conversion cycle, the business cycle in agriculture is essentially one calendar year. So if something happens at the beginning of that year, it throws off the entire rest of the year. So there's a lot of opportunities to panic in agriculture. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's lot, a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of time out there where you could just be flipping out. Yeah, that's true. And maybe, you know what, if they had more going on, you see these grain farmers are the ones that have more time to just drive around and look at their stuff and fester. So I think that all these grain farmers should take up a hobby and have to... You well, know, you're the Indiana boy. You can say that. I, I can't. I can't. I can tell them, hey, you got too much time in the summer where you just drive around and look at stuff. You need to get a second, a summertime job. Get a summer job. Okay. I got it. So is there a reason to be antsy? And then also from the banker standpoint, you know, yeah. you said bankers are getting a little nervous. Right. I, I see it. And I think to myself, First off, it ain't your money. Secondly, I know it's your job, but is it really worth you going and getting this? I saw bankers getting really puckery, I should say. Is that, was it, 
was it warranted? Well, we went from the greatest farm economy in our history, and that that ended somewhere between 2012 and 2013, in my mind. Yes, it did. From there until today, all we've seen are declines, and people have lost real wealth. There was an enormous sum of cash on people's balance sheets that's now gone. Yeah. Uh, farm real estate prices, they went up tremendously. They haven't crashed, thank God, but they have slowed down. So people are feeling and are less wealthy than they were. And bankers, again, their fundamental job is protect the assets of the institution. Right. So if they're looking and saying, all right, uh, farming operator, your ground that you just bought in 2012, it's worth 40% less than what you paid for it. But the stuff that you've had on the books for 30 years, it went up 200, 250% and then right. lost 40%. Right. Well, for crying out loud, I'd, I would gladly, and so would you, take any investment that goes up 250% and then gives back 40%, I'd still take it all day long. So would you. So their asset position, in many cases, isn't bad. Their cash position, their revenue position, their cash flow position is the problem. Right. So what's a banker do? What do they look at when they, why do they get antsy? Yeah, I call what we're in right now a liquidity trap. Mm -hmm. Farmers have lots of assets. They're solvent. They have lots of solvency, but they don't have the liquidity to make the payment. So the typical cure uh, or uh, help that a banker can offer generally is refinancing the existing debt yep. over a longer period of time. And a lot of times farmers create their own liquidity trap by always financing short term because farmers hate debt. Yep. And as a result, not as much as they hate taxes. Well, that's true. But debt, they hate that too. So they're always trying to pay off stuff way too fast and that results in a cash flow problem. So a banker many times will say, here's what we can do. And this is what I want people to understand. When a banker says, here's what we can do, I want every producer to lean in and listen <laughs> to what that banker says. Because they're, they're really trying to keep, it's everybody's best interest to keep the relationship going. That's exactly right. And, and, and if a banker's saying, Damien, if a banker is saying you, you need to liquidate some assets, that's a fancy way for saying you need to sell some stuff because you got too much debt. Yep. And that, you know, that's the problem. A lot of times the banker's language is so different from the producer's language that they're like talking past each other. Yeah, now you said that when we said, all right, first off, you want the, uh, you want the, you tell your banker crowds that they need to understand agriculture. Now, even those that are in ag banking still don't sometimes get it, do they? Uh, they, I mean, I, I know banker people, they kind of get it, but they maybe don't always fully see it from their perspective. But what about on the ag side, not seeing it from the banker perspective? Yeah. I, I recently wrote an article about this, that if you think your banker's tough on you on the farm, I invite any producer to go to a loan committee meeting and see what your banker, what he or she has to go through to try to get credit approved for your operation. Yeah, so you're saying that uh, Damien Mason needs a loan, and uh, my community bank that I deal with, somebody has to approve this, or a committee has to approve it. And so they go in there, and they're going, going through millions and millions of dollars of different uh, loans, and they say, wait a minute. 
I don't know about this. And now they have to defend you. Is that what you're saying? That's right. And, and Damien, if you're a jack wagon and people are worried about you, it's going to make it harder for you to get credit. Yeah. And then uh, what else does an ag person, it could be an ag retailer. It could be a person that has an agricultural equipment dealership, a seed, seed business, whatever. What do they not think about? Because there's always all these people that will loan you money. You know, I got to a situation myself when I was a kid, nobody wanted to loan me money. I was broke. And then when I was starting out with my comedy business, I was just on a shoestring. But near the, the last five to 10 years, I've noticed it's really remarkable, uh, John. Everybody and their sister wants to loan me money. So, <laughs> so yeah. th- that doesn't mean I always should. Right. That doesn't mean money's on sale. That's right. Because the, 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 just because someone's willing right. to loan it to you doesn't mean you should That's take right. the loan. Uh, number one, if you find a banker and if he or she, you feel, understands your business, and I, now I'm not just talking about agriculture. I'm just talking in general. If you find a banker and you believe they understand your business, they are worth their weight in gold. And, and, and because so many banks today um, don't have specialists. And so if you have a specialist in agricultural banking, that's the kind of person you want to have on your team. Yeah, because they are, they are uh, on your team because they're supposed to be partnered with you. Yeah. All one right. thing I learned in my career as a, as a banker, you don't get ahead if all your loans are bad. You only are successful if your customers are successful. Yeah. So the banker doesn't want you to fail by any means. They no. want you to, they want to stay with you. All right. What, uh, what mistakes do you see uh, made on both sides of it? Uh, getting too over leveraged. Uh, yeah. You said paying stuff off. Now, you're right. right. I, I don't like debt myself. And I've got some 2.9% money that is uh, out there. And I'm thinking, yeah, you know, there's no reason to keep that until just because it's got another 15 years doesn't mean I should let it go that long. Right. So besides that, what other mistakes do you see? Do uh, Here's a common one. You as a borrower. You get the loan approved, and you agree to many things, item A through Z. You agree to these things, and violating those agreements will get you in trouble with your banker every time. Yeah, now it's maybe not criminal. It's just no. that you just you didn't do what the terms of the contract were, or, right. or at least the terms of the agreement were. And That's right. so even if it's not criminal, it still throws you into a bad situation. Yeah, because it, it's absolutely not criminal, but it will impact your ability to get financing in the future. Mm-hmm. It might get you invited out of the bank. Like when a, when a banker saying to you, you know, maybe you can find a better deal somewhere else. Lean in. They're telling you, get out. We're not going to go with you anymore. Is that really the deal? Because I, I don't know. I've not been cut off by, from a bank that I, that I can think of. But you know what happens when they say maybe you should find someone else. Do they really just avoid saying we're done with you? Uh, th- I would say that's exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you ought to find someone else and we're done with you. That's the same thing. All right. So, uh, what the uh, what I liked about that is that you're saying you got to understand their vernacular. What about when it gets when it does get testy? Then what? Well, that's hard because with small businesses and agriculture, many cases your business is your home. My advice to anybody in a situation that's difficult is try to maintain your cool. You blow your stack, that's going to go nowhere. Try to maintain your cool and continually ask your banker, what can we do together 
to make this work. All right. So when it decide when it when it's apparent that it's not working for some reason or the other, there's nothing wrong with going down the road. You said these bankers have lots of people they could loan money to, but conversely, there's lots of people that loan money. Lots of institutions. You can go right. online and get money. You can go uh, down the road. It's not. It's very fungible. Uh, meaning, uh, I I don't have to get it from the bank that just is in my local town. I can right. get it from three states over. Right. What do we need to know about that? Well, you need to know that you need to be careful. You, I think it's important to know who you're doing business with. I, I find these online uh, deals weird and alienating and and maybe too easy to borrow money. I still think sitting down with the banker is the best way to borrow money because you're eyeball to eyeball with that person. I agree. Does it go away for the younger people, John? I've always wondered what the heck millennials are thinking. Yeah, does a 28-year-old right now, whether he or she is going to have a seed treatment business or a farming operation yeah. or a aquaculture yeah. uh, business... Does that person say, why the hell would I go and deal with, uh, you know, the, the farmer, the farmer, first farmer bank or farmer, farmer bank over here. Everybody and her sister always thought that's what I need to do. I've got a place in uh, Massachusetts. It says they'll send me $200,000 for this uh, operating loan. I, I think we're lucky in agriculture that we have still this tradition of the bank having a specialist in agricultural lending. Yeah. Where I really worry with millennials is non-agricultural, small business yes. lending. There are a lot of like these fly-by-night deals on the internet, like you said, where you can borrow money. Um, I think small businesses probably need counseling, not counseling, but guidance, Advi advisor, guidance. advisory services yeah, probably, from yeah. their banker more than anybody else. Well, I don't know. I wrote a book called Do Business Better. And by I the heard way, you had written that by book. the beard, dear listeners, you can pick that up through my website, DamienMason.com. There's a link over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or whatnot. And in my book, Do Business Better, I point out that you should take financial and lending and payment information from bankers. You shouldn't take how to run my business input from a banker because bankers play defense. Bankers don't know about seed treatments or equipment dealerships or uh, farming or equipment manufacturing or whatever it is. They just know about dollars and cents. So I don't think you should take business advice per se. But you should take financial and payment and banking information from them. And that's where their real expertise is. If you sit down and say, all right, this is what my numbers look like. What's the best answer? Then you should listen. Yeah. And the other thing that every farmer I ever loan money to, the first question they ever ask me is, what's the interest rate going to be? Wrong question. It should be, how will you and your institution support the growth and prosperity of my business? Yeah, you're supposed to be in a partnership. And if you view it that way, I would look at an agricultural lender and say, listen, you've got this small segment of the population that's vitally important in rural communities. Uh, and so their, your role is to foster this along. And most of them, I think, probably do get that. Uh, what about when things are completely falling apart? Then a person says, I still I'm still good. I had a bad financial. You know, we've seen it happen. Hogs in the late 90s or poultry and whenever that was 70s uh, dairy recently, uh, you know, corn and beans and everything in the 1980s. All right, you you still are viable, but you've got some. You're pretty wounded. What do you do then? Well, that's when you have the come to Jesus meeting with your banker, and you and you explore the options. And again, if your banker is not willing to go into uh, an exploration of options, and it's pretty much 
this way or the highway, that is a good time to look for another banker. Or to ask that banker, could you bring in somebody else that, that we could sit with and talk? You know, that's where the human element comes in, the exploration of the options that you have if things are, are tough. I had a lot of customers that had problems, we worked them out together, and they were successful as a result. Now, you know, it doesn't always work out, and you know that as well as I do, but you have to give that uh, uh, opportunity. I, I think uh, bankers, again, Bankers are successful if their customers are successful. You don't you don't get ahead in banking by having a bunch of deadbeat deals. Yeah, you you've got to you got to be with them. And then obviously there's also a, a certain part of the portfolio that they're probably saying, well, this is this is not our great performers, but they're they're not delinquent. Uh, is that what really happens? I mean, do these bankers sit there and say, okay, the bottom twenty percent of our uh, our roster, they're they're slow, they're struggling, uh, but we're going to keep keep them in business. Do the people that are really doing well end up paying for that? I don't think so. I really don't. Now, yeah, I, 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 that's a hard one to answer. However, bankers do have uh, classifications of, of their loan portfolio. You call them a, A's, B's, and C's, or varsities, junior varsities, and freshman team? Yeah, or what you, do got, you, you got all those. <laughs> you, can, you can do anything you want to. But Thri thriving, stressed, completely you, about, you to, about, to, about you got, to lose it? You got all that. Um, now, it's not just the bankers that grade the, the portfolio. The, the regulators, the safety and soundness people who look over the shoulders of bankers and say, what the hell are you doing? Uh, they demand that bankers grade their portfolio. Yeah. Now, do the best quality customers pay for that? Actually, I don't think so. I, actually, the, the, the solid, just regular deals, they're the ones that keep the lights on in the bank. Yeah. The high-quality customers, they know they can go wherever they yeah, want they're, to. They're, they're, they're a sought-after customer, yeah. so they can go wherever they want. Right. Also, the poor folks that are, are struggling uh, always struggle to then get their feet uh, back on the ground because they have to pay somewhat prohibitive rates. Well, yeah, there, yes, there are differential rates based on, and that's yet another reason to provide the lowest risk profile you can to your banker, because it has an impact on the price you will pay for that credit. Yeah, you're not getting money at the same rate always because uh, of your risk profile. Chapter 12 is a new big announcement. I don't fully understand it. I've never had to be in bankruptcy. I saw it in the 80s. But what's the difference between Chapter 12, Chapter 11, Chapter 8? I don't know anything about it, John. What's the story? Okay, Chapter 12 came out of the farm crisis of the 1980s. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, the godfather of Chapter 12 is a very conservative Iowa senator named Charles Grassley. Yes. He uh, came up with it. It was interesting. Charles Grassley and a professor from Iowa State University, the two of them worked together. So the whole idea of Chapter 12 is, as a farmer, you can quickly reorganize your business. Meaning you can uh, push down the amount of debt you owe. Right. It's called cram down. That's the language. Um, and so f it, it was designed specifically for family farmers to clean up their balance sheet by essentially pushing some of their creditors aside legally, pushing them aside and coming out with a newly reorganized business. And so. It, it, it gives the opportunity to producers to have banks write off bad debt. Now, 
That's the theory, and it sounds good. But for a lot of producers, they have to understand that once you go into the courts with a bankruptcy plan, you lose control. Now you've got the court, meaning the judges, and you've got a trustee who's appointed by the court to oversee your business practices and everything you do financially on your farm under a Chapter 12 reorganization uh, has to be done with the permission of others. And there might be people from the courts. Uh, they're appointed by the courts. Appointed by called, the courts. Could be a banker. It could be an well, accountant. It's, a tr it's usually a, tr a trustee is some lawyer who the who the court likes or respects, and they appoint. So now you have a charge. lawyer that's never run a, far a family a farming operation. That's now right. making and approving whether you're allowed to do this. If I'm yes. allowed to buy hogs, or go ahead and right. pay for feed, or it, go if ahead. If it involves money, yep, yep. Yeah, but so, it is a last ditch thing. If you're you can, spiraling down, and you got no other way out. Who do you cram? Who when you say cramming, then do you actually go and negotiate, or does the court just decide this place you owed for uh, uh, your your minivan? You owed them eighteen thousand dollars. They're not going to get their eighteen grand. Well, in the case of Chapter Twelve, it's farm real estate, and what happens is you show up, you the bankrupt uh, farmer show up in court with your appraisal, and your the banker shows up with their appraisal, and it's just like in divorce court where the judge listens to both sides, and then he or she makes the decision okay this is what the farm is now worth okay so but who decides who gets screwed uh who, who takes the who takes the haircut the judge the judge decides the car dealership and the place where you bought your truck they're just not going to get their their money and uh, and that, now that can happen and then the bank has to say okay we're gonna we're gonna take a haircut but we still owe this yes oh my that's what makes america business great and if chapter 12 doesn't work then, okay, after chapter, if chapter 12, which is reorganization, yep. if that doesn't work, if you try it and it doesn't work and you still can't make your payments, then you go to liquidation, which is called chapter seven. Okay. And then, and then everybody, are those ones that got crammed, are they at least allowed to come back in and put their hand out again? <clears throat> they get an opportunity, but chances are they, they won't recover. It's already gone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. His name is John Blanchfield. He is a former ag banker. Then he was also in the ag banking division for the American Bankers Association. Now he goes around with his company, Agricultural Banking Advisory Services. He advises ag businesses and ag banks on how to do it better. And yes, he he is a fan of my book, Do Business Better. He's also uh, been a client of mine, and, and uh, we've got some history. We've crossed paths out here on the speaking circuit. If you need a banker to come in here and help you out with your, uh, with your operation, if you need somebody to come and speak at your ag banker conference, John Blanchfield's your guy. They can get a hold of you where? Uh, well, probably the best way is on my... Um uh, email uh, john.blanchfield at verizon.net and i'm also on linkedin which i believe you are on linkedin as well i am you? so you can find him he's one of my connections his name's john blanchfield thanks for being part of the show thanks Damian. closing thoughts anything else on money before we hang it up just remember, it's a people-to-people -people business, and people still matter. And even though it's not, it's dollar, dollars and money and bushels and pounds, it's still people-to-people. -people. Got it. Thank you for being on here. It's uh, wonderful. Thank you for listening, folks. And until next time, it's the business of agriculture.